0: And you're listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM or on WMNF.org or on the WMNF app. And I want to thank Tina and somebody else who didn't send their name to add to my Three Kings little bit. Sorry, Jewish gal from Queens, New York. Uh, Three Kings Day, that's Epiphany, celebrated by many Christians around the world, Greeks, and in jolly old England too, among others. Also called Russian Christmas, it's an orthodox thing. So, thanks so much for adding to the love, adding to the information that we do, and also to let you know what's coming up. Uh, it's a wonderful life is going to be played right now a great radio theater production by the Stras patel conservatory and local hillsborough county kids followed by some sustainable living stuff coming on they they created a best of blandy's going to be coming in a little early she's going to be coming in at noon to kick off the rest of the music shows for the day um but we so appreciate you thanks so much for being here um keep the messages coming love the love love the information because uh after all we're community radio and it takes a community to make us all as fabulous as we are thanks again for being part of that today stay tuned for it's a wonderful life
1: Mr. Lawrence, Ms. Haywood, Ms. Appelwhite, Ms. Sherwood, Mr. Fillmore, this is your 15-minute call. Jingle Bells, places for pre-show audience (laughs) warm-ups. Mr. Lawrence, Ms. Haywood, Ms. Applewhite, Ms. Sherwood, this is your five-minute call. Mr. Fillmore, please for audience warm-ups, please. We are at five minutes to air.
2: Of WBFR Playhouse on the air, we thank you for braving the weather this Christmas Eve, and you'll be glad you did when you hear the story we have for you tonight. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, this evening's program is being broadcast live coast to coast, and our listeners are counting on your reactions as part of their listening pleasure. So don't be shy. Feel free to laugh, applaud, swoon, or even cry, just as loudly as the spirit moves. I'm getting the signal from my stage manager that we will be going live on the air in just less than three minutes, which will give me just enough time to introduce you to our fine acting ensemble who will be performing in this evening's entertainment. You know, from Chick Carter, boy detective and Cal Romance, playing the hero of tonight's story, I give you Mr. Jake Lawrence. <clears throat> Having just returned from Los Angeles, having completed filming *Dotty Goes Bananas, a Technicolor spectacle, playing his leading lady, Mary Hatch, I give you Miss Ohio 1943, Miss Sally Applewhite. <laughs> WBFR playoffs on the air listeners have heard of our next little lady raging in roles from Mother to Salome, playing small town siren Violet Bick, I give you Miss Lana Sherwood. co-starring with Margaret Dumont in Paramount Pictures' The Hick Chick, playing Clarence Angel in this evening's performance, I Give You Miss Harriet Jasbo Haywood. (laughs) And finally, hosts of Females Are Fabulous, I'm here with you every week on Playhouse On The Air. I am your host, Freddie Fillmore. (laughs) I'm getting the signal that we'll be going live on the air in 20 seconds. Thank you all for coming, and enjoy the program.
3: WBF In New York
2: This is WBFR Playhouse in the Air Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, young and old, old and new Greetings from WBFR Studio A in Manhattan, New York a real feel-good heart woman perfect for this or any christmas eve it's a wonderful life <laughs> our story begins in a little town of bedford falls new york U.S.A., of a, where a number of people in their town are praying for a dear friend of theirs a typical american dreamer named george bailey
4: look over my husband George, George is a good boy you know that my son has always gone out of his way to give others a hand no it's him who help.
5: needs the
6: help my big brother George he's had so much for all of us more than I can remember all the times so he was daily after work and not for a cent the world needs more people like George Bailey never thinks about himself I would have a roof over my head if it wasn't, if it for, wasn't him. for
5: him I would have given up a long time ago all I think about is myself I must have taken the last cent he, he had. He has
6: no sense of business, that George Bailey, just like his father. None of the Baileys who have a businessman. It's his own fault. Wasn't At times body. like these,
7: I can't help but think it's all my fault. Help him, Father. To me, it was putting him through all this.
4: Something's the matter with Daddy. Should we pray for him, Mommy? Yes, Suzu. Pray.
2: Pray very hard. The voices carry Heavenward, and Joseph, the Superintendent of Angels, summons Clarence, an apprentice angel. You sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence, a man done on earth needs our help. Splendid! Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10:45 p.m. tonight, Earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. Oh dear, dear, his life. Then I've only got an hour to dress. What are they wearing now? You will spend that hour getting acquainted with George Bailey. Sir? If I should accomplish this mission, I mean, might I perhaps win my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now and people are beginning to talk. What's that book you've got there? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine, book, excellent. Well, you do a good job with George and we'll see about your wings. Oh, thank you, thank you. Now, if you're gonna help George, you might wanna know a little something about him. Look, see that town? Why, yes, a group of young boys sledding down a snow-covered hill onto the ice. This is amazing yippee who's that that's your problem george bailey a boy that's him when he was 12 back in 1919 something happens here you'll have to remember later on
8: and here comes my scare baby kid brother harry bailey i'm not scared you are harry Harry. Ah, help help oh dear harry's fallen through the ice i'm coming harry
2: make a chain gang a chain so his brother fell through the ice but george saved him That's right, Clarence. And ever since, George has had a bad year. All that icy water, you understand? Bad year. Yes, sir. The other event came a few months later, when George took an after-school job at Old Man Gower's
8: drugstore. It's me, Mr. Gower. George Bailey. You're late. Yes, sir.
4: Hello, George. Hello, Mary. Hello, Violet.
8: Two cents worth of shoelaces, Violet?
5: Mary was here first. I'm still thinking.
8: Shoelaces?
5: Please, Georgie. I like him. You like every boy. What's wrong with that? Here you are. See you later, Mary. Bye, Georgie.
8: Have you made up your mind yet, Mary?
4: I'll take chocolate.
8: With coconuts?
4: I don't like coconuts.
8: You don't like coconuts? Say, brainless, don't you know where they come from? Looky here, from Tahiti, the Fiji Islands, the Coral Sea.
4: What's that you've got there? A new magazine? I never saw it before. Of
8: course you haven't. Only us explorers get it. And I've been nominated for the membership in the National Geographic Society. Let me get your ice cream.
4: Is this the you can't hear on? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I
8: die. I'm going to go out exploring someday. You watch. You wait and see. Buffalo cows, won't you come out tonight? George! Out George! Night. Yes, sir. You're not paid to be a canary. Yes, sir
4: goodbye george
8: goodbye mary
2: what's that piece of paper george just picked up it's a telegram from mr gower he found out this morning that his son died of influenza oh awful yes he spent that evening dreading his grief in whiskey
8: is there anything i do mr gower anything no is there anything i could do back here no let me get those what's this bottle mr gower never mind that take those capsules over there to mrs blades yes sir they have diphtheria there, don't they, sir? Um... Is it a charge, sir? Yes, charge. Mr. Gower, I think... Oh, get going. Yes, sir. But, Mr. Gower... What is it? That bottle you use, the bottle you make up, the capsules, it's... You put something wrong in them... Who the... do you think you're talking to? You're hurting my sore ear. Did you
3: hear when I said get out of here?
8: But, Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. I know you're unhappy. You got that telegram, and you're upset. But it wasn't your fault. But look, Mr. Gower, look, look. The bottle you used to make up the capsules, it's poison. Poison? Please don't hurt my sore ear again. Poison? Oh, George, George. I just wanted to make sure, Mr. Gower. I won't tell anyone. I know what you're going through. I won't tell a soul. Hope to die. I won't. Oh, George.
1: Did he ever tell anyone about those pills? Not a soul. Did he ever marry
2: the girl? Did he ever go exploring? We'll get there soon enough, Clarence. When George was a boy, he wanted to go to college. But there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association. George's father was in the building and loan business, along with George's uncle, Billy.
7: George, what's the combination of the safe?
8: He wrote it down so you wouldn't forget it.
7: That's right. Where?
8: In your wallet, Uncle Billy. Thanks.
2: Lovable fellow. Just forgetful is all. Who's that? Well, that's Henry F. Potter, the meanest and richest man in all the county. Peter,
7: Potter's here.
6: Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, there is nothing quite as lonesome as a family business. Now, Peter, you know what I'm here for. I'm on a very tight schedule. A family to a Victor three. All right, Mr. Potter, here's the thing. I just need a little more time. Just 30 short days. I'll dig up that 5000 somehow. Have you put any real pressure on those people of yours to pay their mortgages?
7: Times are hard, Mr. Potter. People are out of work.
6: Then for clothes i can't do that some of these families have children they're not my children but they're somebody's children mr potter are you running a business or a charity ward well all right. not with my money mr potter what makes you such a hard-skulled character you've got no family no children you can't begin to spend the money you've got so i suppose i should give it to miserable failures like you and that idiot brother of yours spend for me
8: he's not a failure you can't say that about my george, father george george you're not you're the biggest man in town. All right, son, thank you.
6: I'll talk to you tonight. Don't let him say that about you, Pop. Tonight. What kind of business are you running here? Good God, man.
2: George worked for his father, saving enough to see him do the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. He got a job on a cattle boat and was ready to do a little traveling before college. On Old man Gower surprised him with the gift of a great big suitcase. On his way home from the store, he ran into his friends Ernie the cab driver and Bert the cop.
8: Hey, Ernie. Hiya, George. Hey, Bert. Hey, George, what's the suitcase for? Ah, I'm a rich store today. How about driving me home in style?
7: Sure, Your Highness. Hop in the cab. And for the carriage trades, I'll put some my hat. Good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. Looks like you're ready to get out of here.
8: (laughs) Hello, Violet. You look good. That's some dress you got on there.
5: Why, this old thing? I only wear when I don't care how I look. See you later. How would you like-
7: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wanna come along, boy? We'll show you at town. No thanks. I think I'll go home and see what the wife's doing. Family,
8: Family man. man.
7: George's bags were packed and he was all set to go.
8: Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's hard to realize this is the last night in the Bailey's boarding house. We're sure we're going to miss you, George. I'm gonna miss you too, Pop. What's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Oh? I thought we put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up on us. I wonder what's eating that
7: old money-grubbing buzzard anyway. No, oh, he's a sick man. Frustrated and sick. Sick in his mind, sick in his soul, if he has one. Hates anyone who has anything he can't have.
8: Hates us, mostly, I guess.
6: Hey, George. How are your tuxedo studs?
8: Yeah, yeah. Help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they? In your suitcase? I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know?
6: Say, where'd you get such a fine piece of luggage anyway? Ah,
8: Mr. Gower, a going-away present. And one of these days you're gonna see covered with travel labels Italy, Baghdad, San Marcan Say, why
6: don't you come to the dance tonight?
8: And what, be bored to death?
6: Wouldn't want a bed of death. A lot of birdie
7: girls. I gotta hurry. <laughs> I wish we could send Harry to college with you,
8: George Well, you see, we've got that all figured out Harry will take my job at the building loan Work there for four years, and then he'll go He's pretty young for that job Well, no younger than I was You were born older George
7: Still, have you decided what you're going to do after college yet?
8: Well, you know, what I always talked about I want to build things I want to design modern buildings Plan new cities Still left that first million before you're 30? No, I'll settle for half of that in cash Oh, wish just a hope Still, you wouldn't consider coming back here to work at the building alone, would you? Oh, no. I can face being cooped up in that shabby little office for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm sorry, Pop. I didn't mean that remark. It's just, I want to do something big. Something important. Yes, yes, you're right, boy. This town's no place to live if you're not willing to crawl upon it. You get yourself an education, and you get out. I'm glad you're seeing what I'm talking about. Say, I think I'm going to go head down on Main Street. Last night in town and all. Have a good time, son.
2: Come that's Myra Bick. The little girl from the candy counter That's right Hello, Georgie Borgie
8: Oh, hello, Vi
2: What gifts?
8: Nothing
5: Where are you going?
8: Oh, I'll probably end up at the library
5: Georgie, don't you you ever get tired of just reading of things?
8: Yes, what are you up to tonight? (laughs) Not a thing Are you game, Vi? What do you say we make a night out of it?
5: oh i'd love it georgie what do we do
8: we'll go out to the fields and take off our shoes and walk in the grass huh and then we can go up to stewart lake it's beautiful up there under the moonlight and then we can go swimming and then we could stay up all night and the whole town we'd be talking it will make a terrific scandal george
3: have you
5: gone crazy walk in the grass in my bare feet why it's only 10 miles up to mount bedford you think just we
7: oh oh just
8: forget about the whole thing then
7: forget about what
8: george oh nothing sam you remember Mary, don't you, George? Hi, George. Hi,
7: Mary. Say, you wouldn't mind walking Mary home for me, would you, George? No, of
8: course not. Is that okay with you, Mary? Fine by me. Great, thanks.
2: So George walked Mary home. It's not important, Joseph. I'd say it is. She only lived four blocks away. It took them two hours to get there.
8: Buffalo, Buffalo gals, guys, won't you come, come out tonight? tonight? Come out tonight, come out tonight Buffalo gals, won't you come, come out tonight And dance by, by the light of the moon Hot <laughs> dog, oh boy, just like an organ, gee Who is?
4: Beautiful
8: You know something, if it wasn't me talking I'd say you're the prettiest girl in town
4: Well, why don't you say
8: it? I don't know, maybe I will How old are you anyway?
4: Eighteen, 18. Too young or too old? No,
8: no, no, just right, your age fits you Hey, look where we are
4: Oh, the old Granville house.
8: Yeah, I've got to throw a rock.
4: Oh, no, don't. I love that old house.
8: Well, no. Don't you know about deserted houses? You make a wish and then throw a rock.
4: But, George, it's such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there.
8: In there? I wouldn't live in there if I was a ghost. Now, watch, watch this. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot. Broke a window, huh?
4: What's your wish, George?
8: Well, not just one wish. A whole hat will I'm shaking the dust off this crummy little town, off my feet. I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Coliseum. And then I'm coming back here and going to college to see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories tall. I'm going to build bridges a lie along. What are you going to do, throw a rock too? Hey, that's pretty good. What did you wish for?
4: oh no if i tell you it may not come true
8: come on come on what did you wish for mary do you want the moon all you gotta do is say the word
4: okay the moon i'll take it and then what
8: then what i'll throw a lasso around you and pull it down and then you could swallow it and it'll dissolve see and then moonbeams would show your fingers and toes and the ends of your hair and <laughs> I, i'm am sorry did i'm I talking too much
4: why yes why don't you kiss her instead of talking to death who's that Old man Collins on his front porch.
7: My nah, youth
8: is wasting on the wrong people. Hey, hold it, mister. Come back out here. I'll show some kids and I'll put hair back on your head. George, George. Uncle Billy. George, get in the car. Your father's had a stroke. I'm sorry, Mary. I've got to go.
2: George's father died that night, Clarence, so of course George didn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the, the directors of the building alone held a meeting. They're going to appoint a successor.
7: I want the board to know that George gave up his trip to Europe to help straighten things out here these past few months And it has been greatly appreciated I think that's all we'll need you for, George I know you're anxious to make a train
6: Yes, I have a taxi waiting downstairs Mr. Chairman, I'd like to get to my real purpose I claim this institution is not necessary to this town Therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve the building alone loan and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. Not dissolve no. It's too soon after Peter
7: Bailey's death to discuss chloroforming the building alone. loan. Why, it was his faith and devotion that are responsible for this institution. I'll go further than that. I'll say to the public Peter Bailey was the building
6: alone. loan. Oh, that's fine, Potter. Coming from you, considering that you probably drove him to his grave. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. Oh, I don't mean any disrespect to his name. God rest his soul. He was a man of high ideals, so called. But high ideals without common sense can ruin this town. What does that get us? A discontented lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. All because of you starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey wrapped their heads around with a lot of impossible hooey. Now, I Now, say- just a
8: minute. Now, hold on. You're right when you say my father was no businessman. Why he ever started this cheap, penny antsy building loan, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character. Because, well, why in the 25 years he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? You got that right. He never saved enough money to send Harry to college, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? Now, what did you say a minute ago? That people had to save and wait before they even ought to think of a decent home. Wait. Wait for what? Wait for their children to grow up and leave them? Do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? No. My father didn't think so. And in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building alone. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling you. Well, I've said too much here. You're the board here. You get to make all the decisions. But just one more thing. This town needs this measly one-horse institution. If only to have a place where people can go to without crawling to potter. Now... Come on, Uncle Billy. Mm-hmm.
6: Sentimental hogwash. I want my motion. I'll
4: have to call
7: you back. They just got out of the meeting. What happened, George? I the way there was a lot of yelling. Boy, oh boy, Matilda, you should have heard George.
8: Yeah, they're voting us down in there.
7: George, get out of here. You missed your boat trip. Do you want to miss college too? Don't worry about the board. They're putting us out of business. So what? I can get another job. I'm only 55. You're 58. George, George... They voted Potter town. We're still in business. Papi, we're still in business. We're still in business. But there's one condition, George. <laughs> They've appointed you to take your father's
8: place. Appoint me? But I'm going to college. Uncle Billy, here. He's your man. You can keep him on. That's all right. Okay, let's get this thing straight. I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. This is my last chance to go to college. But George, you've got to take it. They'll vote
7: with Potter otherwise. <laughs>
2: So George didn't go to college. That's right, Clarence. George gave his college money to his brother Harry, and Harry went instead. Oh, but what happened to that good-looking girl? You know, Mary. Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because she also went off to college. He waited four more years for Harry to come back and take over the building alone. He still planned to see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields of Venezuela.
8: <laughs> Far she blows, Uncle Billy. Say, do you know what the three most wonderful sounds on earth are? Breakfast is served, lunch is served, and dinner is served. No, no, no. Anchor chains, plane motors, train whistles. Here comes the professor now.
6: Well, if it isn't George Geographic Explorer Bailey, Uncle Billy, you
7: haven't changed a bit. No one changes around here. You know that.
8: Well, I'm glad to see you. Say, where's Mother? Oh, she's at home cooking the feta calf. Come on, let's go. Wait, 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 wait. This is Ruth Dankin.
7: Ruth Dankin Bailey, if you don't mind. Huh? Well, I wired you out of surprise. Here she is. Meet the wife. Well, what do you know? wife
8: well how do you do what am i doing congratulations congratulations harry why don't you tell somebody what's a pretty girl like you marrying this two-headed brother of mine
7: oh well i'll tell you it's purely mercenary <laughs> my father offered him a job oh he gets you and the job harry's cup runneth over come on ruth let's start out and leave the bags for the fellas all right oh
8: About the job, Rose Rose spoke out of turn.
6: I never would say I'd take it, but you've been holding the bag here for four years, and well, I won't let you down.
8: It's all right, Harry. It's all right.
2: Harry's homecoming became his wedding party. Uncle Billy familiarized himself with the spirits.
7: Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I feel so good I could spin him on his side. I think I might, or maybe I should just go home. If only I knew the right direction. Right down there. That way, huh? okay i'm building a loan pal see you later (laughs) i'm all right i'm all right (laughs) george
8: oh hello mother i'm just out here on the porch thought i'd get some fresh air
7: well how do you like the new sister-in-law she's swell seems like she'll keep hair on his toes
8: keep him out of bed for falls anyway
4: george did you know that mary hatch is back from school
8: yeah yeah (laughs)
4: nice girl mary
8: Uh uh-huh
4: Oh, stop grumbling. Give me one
3: good reason why you shouldn't call Mary.
8: Sam, Sam Wainwright's crazy about her.
3: She's not crazy about him.
8: And how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you?
3: Besides,
5: you're—he's in New York, and you're here in Bedford Falls.
8: And all's fair in love and war.
5: Well, I don't know about war.
8: You know something? I think I'm gonna go find the girl and do a little passionate <laughs> necking. George. <laughs> Bye, Mrs. Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library? The
5: library,
4: George. George, you gonna see Mary? You here? hello george
8: oh hello mary just happened to be passing by
4: your mother just phoned and said you were on your way over to pay me a visit
8: my mother just called you but how did she know well i didn't tell anybody i was coming here just went for a walk happened to be passing by and what did you went for a walk that's all when did you get back
4: tuesday would you like to come in
8: well i guess since i'm here where did you get that dress do you like it It's all right. I thought you'd go to New York with Sam and Francie and the rest of them.
4: Oh, I worked there a couple of vacations, but I don't know. I guess I was homesick.
8: Homesick? For Bedford Falls?
4: Yes, and my family and... Oh, everything. Would you like to sit down?
8: Well, I've got a minute. I still can't get it. I didn't tell anybody I was coming here.
4: Would you rather leave?
8: No, I don't want to be rude.
4: It was nice about Harry and Ruth, wasn't it?
8: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all right.
4: Oh, don't you like her?
8: Well, of course I do. She's a peach.
4: Oh, it's just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about, huh?
8: No, marriage is okay for Harry and Sam Wainwright and you.
4: Mary, Mary, who's out there with you? It's George Bailey, mother. George Bailey? What does he want? I don't know. What do you want, George? Me?
8: Not a thing. Just came in to get warm.
4: Well, you tell him to go right on home and you do not leave the house Sam Wainwright promised to call from New York tonight, didn't he?
8: Uh, Your mother needed, you know, I didn't come here for to... to...
4: What did you come here for?
8: I don't know, you tell me, you're the one who's supposed to have all the answers, you tell me
4: Why don't you go home?
8: That's where I'm going, I don't even know why I came here in the first place
4: (gasps) Mary, the telephone, it's Sam I'll get it Hee-haw, hello Sam, how are you? Oh,
7: great. Gee, it's good to hear your voice again.
4: Oh, that's awfully sweet of you, Sam. There's an old friend of yours here, George Bailey.
7: You mean old Mossback George?
4: Yes, old back George.
7: Well, he-ha, put him on. Wait you a
4: don't, minute. Oh, He doesn't I'll, want to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him. George, Sam would like to speak to you.
8: <laughs> Hello, Sam?
7: Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying to do, steal my girl? What do
8: you mean? How Nobody's trying to steal your girl. No, wait a
7: minute. I want to talk to both of you. Tell Mary to get on the extension
4: Mother's on the extension I am not We can both hear you George, put your head a little closer Okay There, that's better We're listening, Sam
7: Now I've got a big deal coming up That's gonna make us all rich George, you remember that night at Martini's Where I told you about turning soybeans into plastics? Oh,
8: yeah, yeah, yeah Soybeans, yeah
7: Well, my father's checked into it, George, C. And now he's gonna build a factory outside of Rochester How do you like that?
8: Rochester, well, why Rochester?
7: Well, why not? Can you think of anything better?
8: Well, I don't know. Why not right here in Bedford Falls?
7: Now, here's the thing, George. I may have a job for you. That is, unless you're still married to the old broken-down building alone. Oh, Mary? I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime, you hear? He says it's a chance of a lifetime.
8: Give me that phone. No, you listen here. I don't want any job. I don't want any plastics. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? And I want to do what I want to do. And you're not going to and you Oh, Mary.
4: George.
8: Oh, Mary. I love you.
4: George, I love you too.
2: Return to WBFR Playoffs on the Air's Presentation of It's a Wonderful Life. But first, gentlemen, does your hair resemble a dried-out spurs nest full of dandruff flakes? <laughs> 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 do you plaster your hair down to high Evan? P.U. What a stink. When girls get a gander at that tip-top noggin of yours, do they go,
3: Eww.
2: Well, here's a hint that made us help you out in the romance department. Ah. ah. sorry tomorrow, why not try brimble hair tonic? Yes, sirree, you'll be headed for success. It's a success with gals and on the job. Brimble hair tonic, always in place. Rawr. Brimble hair tonic, always in place.
3: <sighs> One, two, three. Brimble the swank hair tonic makes your filthy bird's nest gleam. A little dab will do ya. All the pretty gals will scream. Not only will dames love it, your barber will shut out with glee. Brimble, the swank hair tonic, your ginger will be his story.
2: Buy some Brimble today. Your hair will thank you. And now, back to It's a Wonderful Life. George and May were married and the following wedding day and reception, George's
7: old pal, Ernie, Drove the happy couple to the train station. Say, where are you still going to this year though, honeymoon, eh?
8: We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. A whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda. The highest hotels, the oldest champagne, the richest caviar, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife.
7: <laughs> Here's the kitty, Ernie. Two thousand dollars. I feel like a bootlegger's wife. <laughs> so you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, eh? Then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares?
8: That does it. Hey, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you since.
7: Say, George something funny going on up there. Look, at the bank. Looks like a run.
8: Will you pull over a minute, Ernie?
7: George, let's not stop, please. Let's go straight to the station. No,
8: I better check this out. Just give me a minute. I'll be right back.
4: George, please. George. Where's our money?
3: Uncle
8: Billy, uh-huh. what is this, a holiday? The doors are locked and there's a crowd out front. This is a pickle, George. Okay, what happened?
7: All I know is the bank called our loan. I had to hand out all our cash.
8: All of it?
7: Every last cent of it. Only mackerel. And then I got scared, George, and,
8: like, closed the doors. Our charter says we need to stay open until 6 o'clock or we'll lose our license. Bailey, brother, building in. Get me, George.
7: George, it's Potter.
8: Hello, Mr. Potter.
6: George, there's a rumor around town that you've closed your doors.
8: Is this true? No, it isn't.
6: Do you need any police? Mobs can get pretty ugly sometimes, you know.
8: No, I think we're quite fine. We'll see.
6: Now, George, I'm going all out to help in this crisis. I've just guaranteed the banks sufficient funds to meet their needs. They'll close for a week and then reopen. I may lose a fortune, but I'm willing to guarantee our people too. Just tell them to bring their shares over here and I will pay 50 cents on the dollar.
8: You don't miss a trick, do you, Mr. Potter? Well, you're gonna miss this one. If you close your doors before 6 p.m., you will never reopen. You took control over the banks, Billy. Open the doors, let them in! Now remember, folks, this thing is not as black as it appears to be. I have some news for you folks. I've talked to old man Potter and he's guaranteed cash payments at the banks. How about our money, George? Where's our money? (laughs) Let me tell you, let me tell you. You got this place all wrong. Your money's not here. (laughs) Please, please, please. Your money is in people's houses, like the McLaren house, and the Kennedy house, and your house, and a a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them?
7: I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody.
8: Okay, Charlie, you'll get your money in 60 days.
7: 60 days? No,
8: that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares.
7: I got my money. Old man Potter's taken over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar.
8: Now, please, folks, please, don't leave. I beg of you not to do this. If Mr. Potter gets your shares, he'll be owning this building loan. He's got the banks, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores. and Now, he's after us, because he wants to keep you living in his, his shacks, paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this, all right, but we have to stick together. We have to have faith in each other.
4: My husband's out of work. We need the money. I got doctor bills to pay. Can't feed my kids with faith. How much do you need? We've still got some money. We've got $2,000
7: from the wedding.
8: Hey, Mary, I have $2,000 here. This will be enough to tide us over until the bank reopens. Now, Charlie, how much do you need?
7: $242.
8: (laughs) Charlie, enough to get you by?
7: Oh, you know, I think I'll take $242.
8: Okay, okay. Uncle Billy, give Charlie $242. Now, Ed... How much just to get
6: by? Uh, $20, I suppose.
8: Now we're talking. Now, Mrs. Thompson, how much do you need?
6: But
2: it's your money, George.
8: Never mind that, Mrs. Thompson. How much?
2: Could I have
4: seventeen
8: 7 bless your heart. Of course you can. Uncle Billy, give her $17.50. Pay back when you can now. Pay it back when you can. All right, all right. Who's next? Look
0: the clock. Look.
8: Six seconds. Five seconds. Four, three, two... One, six o'clock, we made it. <laughs> We're still in business. we we'll lock those doors, Uncle Billy. We even got two bucks left.
7: Bailey, Brother Billion,
8: just a second. George, there's a call for you. Can you get my wife on the line? She's probably at her mother's. Mrs. Bailey is speaking. I don't want Mrs. Bailey. I want my wife. Oh, wait, that's right. Mrs. Bailey, that's my wife. Hello, dear. I'm sorry. What? Come home? What home? Three twenty Sycamore. more. The Waldorf Hotel?
2: That doesn't look like the Waldorf. Oh, no. Number 320 Sycamore was the old gravel house, the one that George and Mary threw rocks at and made wishes. Mary had prepared the house with romantic decorations, including a turkey dinner. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey.
8: Well, I'll be.
4: Remember the night we broke the windows in this old house? This is what I wished
3: for.
8: Darling, you're wonderful.
2: Yes, sirree. That's where they started their lives together. Mary made the leaky old house a home. George toyed away at the building
7: land, providing houses for people like Giuseppe Martini. Hey, Martini, you're renting a new house? Rent. Ha. You hear that, Mr. Bailey? I own this house. Me, Giuseppe Martini. No more do we live like pigs in Pottersfield. We have something for you and your family, Mr. Martini. George and I bring something for all the new owners. For the martinis? Maria, come quick. Our first housewarming gifts. Bring the kids. Wah! Wah! Bread,
4: so that this house may never know hunger Salt, so life may always have flavor
8: And wine, that joy and prosperity may reign forever Enter the Martini Castle the
2: Billy houses were popping up all over the place Mostly owned by people that used to live in Potter's Field Potter had had about just enough of that So after a few years, he called our old friend George into his office
8: Sit down, George, sit down. Thank you, sir. Now, what exactly did you want to see me about? George, now that's just
6: what I like so much about you. George, I'm an old man, and most people hate me. But I hate them, too, so it makes it all fair. George, you know for a number of years I've been trying to acquire the building alone, or kill it. But I haven't been able to do it, George. In fact... You have beaten me, and that takes some doing. Take during, during the Depression, for instance. You saved the building alone, I saved all the rest.
8: Well, most people say you stole all the rest.
6: The envious ones say that, George, the suckers. Now, if you were some ordinary yokel, I would say you were doing fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building alone almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get up ever since he was a child. A young man, mind you, the smartest of the crowd, who has to sit by and watch his friends go places because he's trapped. Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? What's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is you're the only man in town who's licked me. I want to hire you. Manage my affairs start you out at $20,000 a year.
8: 20000 $20,000 a year?
6: You wouldn't mind living in the nicest house in town, buying your wife a lot of fine clothes, a couple of business trips to New York a year, maybe once in a while to Europe. You wouldn't mind that, would you, George?
8: Would uh, I? You're not talking to somebody else around here, are you? You're talking to me, George Bailey. The building loan, don't you remember?
6: Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just sailed in, brought us the brains enough to climb
8: board. What about the building loan?
6: Oh, confound it, man. I'm offering you a three-year contract that's $20,000 a year. Is it a deal or isn't it?
8: I know I ought to jump at the chance, but might you give me 24 hours to think about it?
6: Sure, sure, sure. You go home and talk to your wife about it.
8: Yeah, I'd like that.
6: In the meantime, I'll drop the papers and soon you'll be managing my affairs.
8: Your affairs? No, 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 no. The answer's no. Doggone it, you sit here and spin your little web stick the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't. I'd say, in the vast configuration of things, you're nothing more than a scurvy little spider.
4: What did Mr. Potter want, George?
8: Nothing, nothing. Just talk, nothing. Oh, gee, Mary Hatch, why did you ever marry a guy like me?
4: To keep from being an old maid?
8: I was going to see the world, I was going to build things, I was going to give you the moon. But what have I given you? What have I given you? Not even a new dress, not for months. You could have married Zane, Wainwright, or anybody else in town.
4: I didn't want to marry anyone else in town. I want my baby to look like you.
8: And you didn't even get to go on your honeymoon, and I promised to. You. You're what? My baby? Mary, you mean you're on the nest?
4: George Bailey Lasso Stork.
2: Mary had her baby, a boy. Boy, well, you don't say. Then she had a girl. Well, what do you know? Night after night, George would come home late from the office. Things weren't looking good at the building alone. Potter was really bearing down hard. Then came the war. Mary had another baby, but still found time to run the U.S.O. Harry. Harry Bailey topped them all. A naval flyer. Shot down 15 planes. Two of them as they're about to crash new transport full of soldiers. Yes, but George, what about George? Oh, yeah, George. 4 F on the account of his ear. We're getting pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You know just about everything about George, but what is finding him down there at this moment wanting to die. Well, sir, well? Uncle Billy went to the bank to make a, a deposit when he ran into old man Potter.
7: Well, well, well. Mr. Henry F. Potter. Come to deposit some more loot, huh? Sure, you awful. How do you like the news in today's paper, Mr. Potter? Harry Bailey wins Congressional Medal of Honor. Let me see that newspaper. Here you go. Sorry I can't chat, you old thief. I've got to make a deposit. Good morning, Mr. Bailey. Good morning, Horace. Here you are, bank book, deposit slip, and a very Merry Christmas to you. You too. Say, you've forgotten something. How's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, certainly. Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone. Where'd I put it? Where'd I put that money?
2: terrible thing clarence terrible uncle billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the eight thousand dollars in it was folded up in the newspaper he had given to old man potter at the same time uncle billy went looking for the money he had violet came down to the office to visit george
8: oh hello violet
2: (laughs) suppose you're getting things set back at the house for the party tonight
8: you know you're invited what's wrong
5: you see right through me don't you
8: how much do you need?
5: I hate doing this to you, George, but I won't be asking for any more after this.
8: What are you planning to do? Rob a bank Vi?
5: I'm going to Manhattan.
8: What's in Manhattan?
5: Why, everything's Manhattan. A new start, at least.
8: That's a big step. What's wrong with starting a new start right here in Bedford Falls?
5: Well, that'll be. Never thought I'd hear that from you, George Bailey. I thought you hated this place.
8: I did, but this town, it has a charm of its own. <laughs> You should give tours, maybe. I'm just thinking of you, Violet. I mean, Manhattan's a big place to take on your own.
5: I've made my decision. There's a midnight train tonight, and I plan to be on it.
8: It takes a lot of character to leave your hometown and start all over again. Here, here's some doubt.
5: No, George, don't.
8: What do you want to do? Hawk your furs in that hat? Want to walk all the way to New York? You know, they charge for meals and rent up there, just the same as they do in Bedford Falls. Yeah, sure. It's a loan. That's in my business, building a And besides, you'll get a job. Good luck to you.
5: I'm glad I know you, George Bailey.
8: Say hello to New York for me.
5: Merry Christmas, George. George,
8: George. Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's coming today, today? and Today? I... Yeah, once the account's payable. What's the matter with you? The money.
7: The 8000 I,
8: I... Uncle Billy, what happened to it?
7: All I know is I went to the bank to deposit it, and when I got there, it was gone.
8: $8,000. Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's coming today, and it's not our money. It belongs to the depositors. I'm so sorry, George. I just don't know what happened. Uh, the first place you check is in your coat pocket. I told you to put it there when you left. I'm no good you, George. I'm no good. Come on, we'll retrace your steps. Leave no stone unturned. Come on, let's go.
2: George and Uncle Billy went looking for the money. At the same time, old man Potter held
1: a meeting with the state examiner, a Miss Sadie Vance. The whole town's turned upside down with the Bailey boys' homecoming. Congressional medal and all.
6: I guess they do things like that.
1: May I look at your paper? And go ahead. This is a deposit from Bailey.
6: That old fool Billy Bailey gave me that newspaper. We're going to deposit it for him, right, Potter? To think he made such a foolish mistake. Look how much it is.
1: There's $8,000 in here.
6: Oh, What a Christmas present, and he doesn't even know it.
1: Just a minute here, Potter. You've been giving the Baileys a hard time as far back as I can remember. Why?
6: I don't have to answer to you. You're just the state examiner.
1: Yes, but I am unimpressed by your buying off everyone in town. Oh, that's it. You can never buy the Baileys. What? You heard what I said. They've had something that you've always wanted and are so jealous of. They're honest. You're fired! You can't fire me. I'm state appointed. And what's more, I am not going to turn my back. This is stealing from the Baileys. Something like this would certainly cause them to fold.
6: Yes, and after 25 years, find his keepers. You know that, Sadie. He gave me the money. It was his own fault. Besides, there's not a quarter of the county that find me guilty. And we all know why. How's your family, Sadie? My family? I know how little state positions pay. What would you say, little Christmas bonus? I want no part in this. That's not what I've heard. What are you insinuating, Potter? I want you to pay the Bailey's a surprise visit. See the files, see the deficit, and shut them down. At last, the Baileys will be where they belong. Down for good. I know just what to do.
8: And did you put the envelope in your pocket?
1: Yeah, maybe.
8: Uncle Billy, we've got to find that money. So sorry, George. I just don't know what happened. Is there any secret hiding place here in the house?
7: I've checked over the whole house. Even in the rooms that have been locked ever since we lost your Aunt Laura.
8: Listen to me think.
7: I can't think anymore, George. It hurts.
8: Where's that money, you stupid, silly old fool? Do you realize what this means? It means bankruptcy, it means scandal, it means prison. And one of us is going to jail, and well, it's not going to be me.
4: Hello, darling. Hello, daddy. Hi. Daddy, did you bring the wreath? What wreath? The Merry Christmas wreath for the window.
8: I left it at the office.
4: Is it snowing?
8: Yeah, it just started.
4: Where's your coat and hat?
8: Left them too at the office.
4: What's the matter?
8: Nothing's the matter. Everything's all right.
4: Isn't it wonderful about Harry? We're famous, George. I bet I had 50 calls today about the parade, the banquet. Your mother's so excited. Must
8: she keep playing that?
4: I have to practice for the party tonight, Daddy. Mommy says we can stay up until midnight and sing Christmas carols. Can you sing, Daddy? Better hurry and shave, George. The families will be here
8: soon. The families? I don't want the families over here.
4: Excuse me. Excuse me. Have a hectic day.
8: Oh, just another big red-letter day for the Bailey's.
4: Daddy, the Browns next door have a new car. You should see it.
8: And what's wrong with our car? Isn't it good enough for you?
4: Yes, Daddy. Excuse me. Excuse me.
8: Excuse you for what?
4: I burp. All right, darling, you're excused. Now go upstairs and see what little Zuzu wants.
8: What's wrong with Zuzu?
4: Oh, she got a cold. Caught it coming home from school. They gave her a flower as a prize, and she didn't want to crush it, so she didn't button up her coat.
8: Is it a sore throat?
4: The doctor says it's nothing serious. The
8: doctor was here.
4: I called him right away.
8: Is she running any sort of temperature? Just a
2: teensy one.
8: Gosh, it's just a drafty old house. You might as well have pneumonia by now. Treffy on Barn might as well be living in a refrigerator. Why did we decide to stay here and live in this measly, crummy old town?
4: George, what's wrong?
8: What's wrong? Everything's wrong. You call this a happy family? Why did we decide to have all these kids?
4: Daddy, how do you spell frankincense? I don't know.
8: Ask your mother.
4: Where are you going?
8: Up to see Susie. Hi, Daddy. Well, what happened to you?
1: I'm in a flower.
8: Where do you think you're going?
1: I want to give my flower a drink.
8: Here, give Daddy the flower. I'll give it a drink.
1: Look, Daddy, some of the petals came off. Paste it. All
8: right, now I'll paste this together. Here, good as new.
1: Give the flower a drink.
8: Can you do something for me? What? Can you try to get some sleep?
1: I'm not sleepy. I want to look at my flower.
8: I know, but you just got to go to sleep. And then you can dream about it, and it'll be a whole garden. It will? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: I'll get it. Hello?
4: Yes, this is Mrs. Bailey. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. The doctor says she should be out in time for her Christmas
8: dinner. Is that Zuzu's teacher? Yes. Let me speak to her. Hello, Mrs. Welch. This is George Bailey. Say, what kind of teacher are you anyway? What do you mean sending her home like that, half naked?
5: George.
8: Is this the sort of thing we pay taxes for for silly, stupid, careless teachers like you to send our kids home without any clothes on? what that stupid
4: hello Mrs. Welch I'd like to apologize hello hello she hung up
8: I'll hang her up now who do you think you are let me just give me a minute (sighs) who is this hello oh Mr. Welch that's fine gives me a chance to really tell you what I think of your wife George will you get out and let me handle this (laughs) Oh, well, will you, huh? Well, whenever you decide you're a man enough to, to... Hello? Any... Uh, Daddy,
4: how do you spell hallelujah?
8: What do you think I am, a dictionary? And, Janie, haven't you learned that silly tune yet? You played it over and over again. Now, stop it. Stop it!
4: George, what are you doing?
8: Mary. Janie, I'm sorry. Janie, you can go on and practice. Pete, I owe you an apology too. What did you n- want to know? I'm sorry.
4: Nothing, Daddy.
8: <laughs> What's wrong with everybody? Jeannie, I said go on, practice. Now go on, play.
4: Oh, Daddy. George, why must you torture the children? Why don't you? Mary. Where's Daddy going? Bedford 247, please. Is Daddy in trouble? Yes, Pete. Shall I pray for him? Yes, Janie. Pray very hard. Me too. You too, Tommy. Hello, Uncle Billy?
6: So, that's it, George. you sure, 8000 in the books, eh?
8: Please, Mr. Potter, I'll do anything. I'll pay any sort of interest if you're still interested in the building loan.
6: You say it was lost. Did you notify the police?
8: No, sir. I haven't done that yet. Bailey's homecoming tomorrow.
6: Why come to me? What about your good friend, Sam
8: Wainwright? He's in Europe. I can't get a hold of him. What kind of safety will I have, George? What collateral? I have some life insurance, a $15,000 policy. How much is your do Five. Hundred dollars,
6: and you want eight thousand? Look at you. you! Used to be so cocky. Why don't you go to the ref, ref you love so much, and ask them for help?
8: Please, Mr. Potter, you have to, you
6: have to help me, my wife, and my. Kids.